we can be heard on the countdown. So if you want to talk your shit about Dominique, now is the safest space to do it. Um, but you know what? I learned that the hard way. Anyway. I, lear I learned about the countdown hot mic the hard way in the first episode. Oh. oh, that's right. That's right. By the way, hello. Welcome to Debatable Effect Television Hi. Show, where Dominique apparently loves his mom more than he loves mm. me or mm. Kevin Clark or Nate Tice or even Alabaster because he's celebrating his mom's birthday. Happy birthday to Dominique's mom. We are thinking of Happy you. Birthday. Your son is an unbelievably unreliable coworker. But we have <laughs> topics that I think Alabaster wants us to introduce. We'll get to, oh, God, Dead Snyder right off top. Right, right. off the bat. Packers and Chargers. We can talk Zach more Wolf. about Dominic's family if you'd like. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. Rams, Bucks, and then, yeah, we'll do a scouting report on the entire Foxworth plan. But Alabaster, bring us some order before I begin to say things that Dominic will actually get mad at me for saying. Okay, well, we're going to start with the Washington Commanders. I am from D.C., so this has been a celebratory time in the district as it appears that Dan Snyder might be selling the team. But my question for you all, how do you think the rest of Dan Snyder's tenure as the owner of the Commander play, Commanders plays out from here? So Kevin and Nate are two of the sharpest football minds in our business. I just want to start this conversation by merely counting to six. That's as far as my analysis goes here. There are six investigations to date into mm. Dan Snyder, mm -hmm. right? So we're getting now the news that, okay, the Bank of America deal is yeah. apparently real, but we don't know if it's for a minority share, if it's for the whole thing, or if it's all just a giant lie. And so how are you guys? Yeah. Okay. Kevin has his finger raised and I think he's- No, that, a giant I, I, lie. I was giving you kind of a, an acknowledgement that it's probably, we're going to start with the assumption it's a giant lie because as Alabaster knows, having lived in the DMV for a long time, that the most cynical outcome for Daniel Snyder is the correct one. That's Snyder's razor, okay? And so you start to think about the different ways this could go. Is he gonna try to sell a minority stake and say, problem solved, I'm recommitting myself. Is he gonna do something even worse, like kind of as a, as a, as a change agent, something like transfer ownership to his wife full time and say things are gonna change now. Oh, Meanwhile, he's still showing up with oversized khakis and hoodies and they're running the team the same way, okay? There's a lot of that. Having said that, if it's just minority stakes, who wants to get into business with Dan Snyder right now? And who's going to pay a premium to do that? I think that when a team is rumored, and there's an old financial saying, like any, every merger is an acquisition rumor eventually becomes true. The same is true of teams. When you're for sale a little bit, you're for sale the whole way. And I think this is all kind of rich guys speak for someone make an offer, I'll accept. You said the number six. That's not investigations for Daniel Snyder. That's not what he cares about. He cares about $6 billion. Ooh. I think that's going to end mm. up being what it is. David Tepper paid two six and change. Wait, 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 He's, six. That's where we're at now, Kevin? We're ready at six well, in the economy Let's of, do the math here. Let's do, let's do the math here. So David Tepper gets to, uh, gives two and change for the Panthers. Three years later, the Broncos pay 4.6. And the commanders, I think, are enough of a white whale for enough people. I always heard this theory that if the Steelers were ever on the open market, it would go for an incalculable amount of money. It'd be like Disney, because there are so many billionaires yeah. who grew up just in love with the Steelers who yeah. were kids in the 70s and would give all of their net worth just to own the Steelers, right? The commanders, Alabaster can ask his parents about this. I can ask my aunt and uncle who were still there in the DC area. There's a lot of people who remember the, the, the Washington football team in the 80s. And there's enough affinity. And what you're buying now, Snyder's torn down the team. 
He's torn down the stadium, basically, and he can't build a new one because he's too toxic to work with. What you're buying is guaranteed TV money and the affection of a bunch of 55-year-olds who still remember when the franchise was good. That's the only value. And somehow, because the NFL is the NFL, that's worth $6 billion. Yeah. Wow. Nate, Nate, Kevin, I like how Kevin started by giving us like a financial yeah. aphorism. Like put, put, put that onto a throw pillow. Right. Yeah. If there is right. all mergers and acquisitions, rumors become true. It's not exactly where there's smoke, there's fire, but I appreciate yeah. I appreciate the intent behind it. Yeah, I know. And that's not like so that's his fastball. It's not like I can come in and talk about fullbacks fitting up the, the linebacker on a run oh, play you could. here. I mean, I, but no, but it, McLaren? I feel like all of this is going to be like a, a heel and wrestling dragged away, kicking and screaming. Like that's how this all feels like the fall of Nero and, and Rome, whatever, whatever <laughs> comparison you want to make. But I, I've just been laughing because that transition, like, oh, Mrs. Snyder doing all the being the day to day operator, like here in Vegas, the old the mayor of Vegas for a couple of decades was the old mob boss's lawyer, and he became the mayor of Vegas. And then he stopped being mayor, but his wife then became mayor for, for an extended period of time. I believe she still is the mayor. That's kind of what that felt like. But I, I agree with all that about how the Washington franchise is one of those blue blood franchises. It's just that we've gotten yeah. away from it. This team was dominant in the 80s. This is one of the when they're under Gibbs, this is one of the top franchises. When they played the Bears on Thursday night, they're bringing up the, what was it, 72 to nothing score mm -hmm. from the a NFC championship game from the 40s and 50s. Like this team mm -hmm. goes way, way back and has been good for a long time. But I've been laughing is how when there's smoke, there's fire. You know, the article comes out, oh, they need to get 24 owners. And then all of a sudden you see the owners. Who's the owner that's getting the most quotes, I feel like, right now? Jim Ursay. And you want to know why Jim Ursay is getting the most quotes? Because he's bulletproof. He, in the sense, not in the good sense, where it's like Jerry Jones bulletproof. Bulletproof in the sense that all of his skeletons are out, out in the open. <laughs> he uses skeletons like a ventriloquist dummy. Like that, like he doesn't care. Oh, you, well, you got all this, you got all this dirt on me. He doesn't care. He's just like, all right, whatever. I'm going to talk. But notice that's been the messenger for the owners the last couple of weeks, which makes me think, hey, they're talking about it. That's where, like, I think what Kevin said, that's such a true quote is that what is the offer? But it seems like just more and more smoke's building up because there's more kindling of fire building up. I like Jim how Jim, oh yeah, no. I was just going to say Jim Ursay is, 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 is getting the Yarmir Yager Award. The reason I say that is because famously, Yarmir Yager once took a photo yes. in a compromising situation yes. with a woman and someone tried to blackmail it. And he said, um, don't care, here it is. And just put it out for the internet. That's Jim Ursay <laughs> right now. Everybody says, oh, Snyder might have dirt on us. And Jim Ursay said, my dirt's already out there. Here That's it is. Exactly By it. the way, Daniel Snyder, I hate you, sell the team. I like how there is a Yager effect, like there is a Streisand effect, except it's just kind of like cutting right to the chase. Right. Here's where I live. Here's what you can find inside of my closets. I like how Jim Ursay has like, uh, he believes in like PR double jeopardy. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm already guilty, guys. Right. You can't get me again. Yeah. But, I, but, but the thing, okay, but this brings us back to Snyder, right? Because Snyder for the first time is at least like, giving on this story. Like ESPN yeah. comes out with a story, Don Van Natta, South Wickersham, Tisha Thompson, they come out with this big expose following the Washington Post's own exposés and investigations. And the response from Snyder's camp is, this is obviously lies and uh, like underhanded and clearly like there's an ulterior motive and this will never work to get us to sell. Yeah. And now he's finally acknowledging that actually I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell now, possibly. Yeah. Within a month. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a month later and I'm yeah. like, okay, 
should I just think to go back to how we started this of like Dan Snyder is just less of like, you know, um, a clever chess player, but just a guy who lies and doesn't actually need an end game. No, and it's just like bad, lying to keep it going. Yeah. However bad, it takes, he's just lily pad hopping yeah. of lies. He's the guy who doesn't know how to play poker, so he's just yes. trying to bluff, and he's really, really bad at it. Yeah. He said he would never change the team name. Well, then when it got right. serious, he immediately yep. changed the team name and acted like, what, what was the issue? I changed it. Yeah. Uh, he said he was never going to fire Bruce Allen, who everybody in the world knew needed to be fired. And then when it got serious, he just bailed on yes. him immediately. And there it. was the report that he was going to keep him in the organization, and then Twitter basically bullied him into it. Um, when it comes to rich people, bullying works and it was funny because <laughs> i just had van lathan on my own podcast and he just said to me one thing that i hadn't even thought about which is if you're looking at this right now and you were happy as a commander's fan imagine how knicks fans feel and what mm. i mean by that i think we should all know is mm. at some point is dolan going to get to a point where there's enough embarrassment enough shame shamelessness is a skill daniel mm -hmm. snyder has had it for 23 years that's why he still owns the team does everybody reach this point where they say you know what a bunch of billion dollars and being able to do whatever I want. Now, Dolan's in the blues band like Jim Irsay, so that, that's a different thing. We don't right. know what Snyder's hobbies are. Way to tie are. both together. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's the commonality. We don't know yeah. what Snyder's hobbies are uh, when he gets the $6 billion, but we do know that I'd rather have $6 billion than be a citywide, national, international joke. That was, that was great. No. <laughs> ego. Wait, hold on. Let's, let's talk about rich guy psychology. And and I'm curious, right? Like, I love like the Nate, bluffing, like though. the bluffing well, of poker well, is so perfect. Well, sorry, wait, sorry, wait. Paul. Well, that was so no, perfect. No, no. That's exactly what he is. He's like, raise. This is what people do in poker, right? We just everybody bluffs. That's exactly as opposed to actually having a hand of cards and hold them. He's bluffing the flop, the river, and the turn or the turn of the river every single hand. He's like, oh, well, you got me on that one. We'll see on next hand. Oh, I'll just buy back in. Like that, that's exactly well, it's because he can't like. do anything. He's not good at anything. No. He can't get revenge. Living well is the best revenge, right? Yeah. Well, can't is, do that. He can't is, put a winning team question. together. He's just bad at everything. So all he can do is be a jackass yep. and, 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 and double down. Like and double down on being crushing. a jackass. That's, yep. that's what he's yes. got. I, jackass, I, double down, triple down. It's really sinking in how much Nate lives in Vegas, all of this poker talk. Oh, yeah. um, I'm also realizing that he's also the guy who in the middle of the card game like, is told, like, you got to pay up. He just goes to the bathroom or his yacht right. on the coast of France. It just doesn't come back for, like, days. And everyone's like, where's Dan? It's like, ah, you know, he's in the bathroom. Like, you don't care about that? It's like, I guess we should get him back. A subpoena bathroom. would work, no. right? No, no, it might not. No, it might not, not. really. I think he'll just not stall really. us out, guys. We'll get him next week. We'll get that hundred bucks next week, I guess. God, just bringing up the fact that Dolan might sell the team actually sent my heart fluttering um, in ways that are either like both super, super um, like optimism inspiring and also possibly just a cardiovascular issue at this point. But Alabaster, what is the next topic, please? Now you know how I feel, Pablo. Um, we're going to talk about two laser rocket armed quarterbacks and they're both to a tongue of Iloa. Yeah, yes. exactly. Taylor they're Heineke. both road favorites. We already talked about Taylor Heineke. My question for you all, which road favorite are you more confident in the Packers at minus three and a half at the lions or the chargers at minus three at the Falcons? Oh God. I'd like to pretend like I know how to analyze this question as well as you guys, but I don't. How do you guys actually analyze this question? I, I hey, you you take you take the lead here and take I'll put holes in you. No, uh, perfect. This is more. I'm going to say the Packers very slightly, but that's more about because I actually think the Falcons are feisty. Not only that yes. they're 500, but that's more what why 
<laughs> I'm saying that. I think just I'm, I'm going to take this whole question about the Packers or the Lions or the Chargers. And I'm going to compliment the Falcons for a minute here. They are one of the top run teams, one of the most explosive teams. If anyone's following me on Twitter, they know I've tweeted about this way too many times, but they match up very well with what the Chargers do on defense. Uh, the Chargers do not want to be in base defense, meaning that they don't want a lot of linebackers on the field. Well, guess what team wants you to put your linebackers on the field? That's the Falcons. Only team in the league that's been a, used three personnel groupings 20% or more of the time. The Chargers are one of the worst defenses. They're the second worst defense mm -hmm. when they're in base defense on first and second down. And what a kink against... Nate Tice has. The Falcons oh, as your kink is a I truly disturbing I thing. I worked there for two years. On. I didn't I like living say. in Georgia, and I was still – yeah, I like them more than when I worked for them, which is a weird wraparound there. But uh, no, but that's – I think they just match up really well. And having said that is the other side of this, the question. That's why I feel good about the Packers. Not that I feel good about them as a whole. I just think that they're going to go against this thing that boosts them all up, and it's the get-right game. That's the Lions' defense they get to go against, which is will make anybody look good. And I Ooh. think just even with this Packers offense that has been frustrating at times, they do some efficiency stuff very well. They just don't aren't very explosive as an offensive unit. Uh, very side to side, like Aaron Rodgers has the most throws at or behind the line of scrimmage since 2012, as far as percent percentage wise. Uh, he's like that new Alex Smith, apparently. And they're, but they're going, <laughs> but they're going against this Lions defense that can't stop anybody. So I feel like this is this a good, Lions, get right game for him. Kevin, just, I want to acknowledge this real quick. Cause I was to put this yeah. card up for the podcast audience. According to true media's database, which goes back to the year 2000, the Lions defense is dead last in EPA per drive. You're telling me like of all of the defenses, this year's Lions is actually just that I didn't, I did not realize it was I'm gonna this, the, this yeah. brim. I did. Um, I'm going to tell you a story, and this is no slight at anybody, but I was doing my training camp tour, and everybody is hyping up whatever they got, whatever unit they control. Yep. If it's a, if it's a GM, they like the roster, they like the rookies, they like the fifth round pick who looks spicy. I met with the Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, and I said, "What's the goal?" And he said, "Top half of the league." Love. And I was like, "Oh, that can't be good." Uh, no. Because there's that little deflation you have to make. <laughs> like, oh, we want to be right. 16th. The goal is 16th yeah. in the NFL. Oh, and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> um, I do want to shout out Nate Tice for thinking that Georgia politics is so toxic, he'd rather be governed by the mob boss's wife um, than live in Atlanta. <laughs> that says um, a lot as about he me. did for two years. Um, I'm not sure, Nate, that the Chargers are that much better than the Falcons. That's that's why this is an easy answer. We're there I mean, right like, now. We're, that's where we are, Kevin. That I mean, the, spicy, Falcon, the Falcons aren't that bad. Yeah. And the Chargers, Patrick Doherty, who's one of our, our great NFL tweeters, he's over at Roto World. He yes. tweeted something today. There was a quote tweet of something he did last year. There was a quote tweet of something the year before, which is, why is every Chargers season the exact same season? <laughs> and we're starting to see it. It doesn't yep. matter who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter who the coach is. Yep. It's they, they look okay. We start to buy into them. Everybody starts to get injured. The yep. wheels fall off. They can never win the game where we all pin our hopes and we say, okay, the Chargers are going to make the leap. They never make the leap. It's like the Stephen A. Uh, meme that was going around a couple of weeks ago about the Mets. It's Left, never okay. their year. That's why <laughs> it wasn't the Mets' year. It's never their year. With the Chargers, I mean, I'm just going to workshop right now. I've quoted it before. Nate, how do you feel about this? Sleepy Joe Lombardi. Yeah. Is that a good nickname? <laughs> that is a good nickname. 
I mean, I like in it. terms, I mean, it's I like it. it's relevant. I don't know how else. Many are saying gonna, many that's are a saying. good nickname. Uh, oh, yeah, that's so with the Packers, they're getting better every week. You can see yeah. why the Packers are bad. Like Nate, you, you can see it. Like they they go for it on fourth down, and a guy drops a pass. You yep. go, okay, well that could have been executed. Run better. into each other. Yeah, two trip guys run into or... each other. It's execution problems. It's yeah. a couple of sloppy plays here and there. They're not far off, and, no. and and I do. I'm skeptical about the Packers in general for for this season. Chris Long was on my pod today, and he was saying that the problem with a team like the Packers, and Nate, you know this from the beginning of NFL locker rooms, is they know what greatness is. They know what a 13 right. team is, and they can look around and be like, "Oh, we don't oh, have this. Yeah. Oh, this is not us." And the Falcons are looking around and going. Hey, we don't know what winning football is. Maybe it's us. Maybe yeah. it's us. <laughs> Everyone's so, out we're gonna uh, suck and we're five hundred. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is like, I used to throw to Devontae Adams. Who yeah. are you losers? Yes. Yeah, the expect. I mean, there are a couple of things that jump out mm-hmm. at me. Um, number one, the training camp compliment tour, where everybody is basically measuring their teams like NBA draft prospects, patting their socks, is great. I love that nothing is trustworthy, and that honesty actually is the most worrisome <laughs> sign of all. But the idea, like, just in terms of, like, again, cutting straight to um, what makes my life easier, I do like it when I can be lazy about takes. And the Chargers just being the same every year. It's, Kevin, you have no idea, man. I am, like, four takes just rolling around in this brain. And the Chargers being exactly as mediocre. There's it, only it, seven I, stories I you can tell. That. There's only seven takes you can have. That's that's kind of it's an it old financial saying. Actually, it's yeah. an old financial saying. Um, but every, yeah, Chargers, no, every Chargers season eventually becomes the same. Yeah, uh, th- this this uh, talked about on our show this week was that's what the Chargers. I compared them to Waterworld, the movie, in the mm. sense that Waterworld was like considered this big boss, big flop. But when you look at it, it actually like broke even. It like, but the thing was, it was the most expensive movie, had a production hell, development hell. And so that's why people remember it as being this big flop. And I feel like that's what the Chargers are right this year. It's like big money. They spend a bunch of money on the defense. Justin Herbert's going to rise. And then they're just average. And that almost makes it like worse. It's like, oh, that's not fun. They're like 16th and 14th and like everything. And that actually almost makes them a little bit more boring and a little bit more disappointing. Because like schlock is still fun. Like when it's a team's like really crap sure. when you expect them to be good. But being average kind of just makes it not as fun to talk about Ke- or look Ke- at. Kevin, I just like how Nate clarified Waterworld the movie and not Water the novel, movie. not the novel right. that the movie that was based on. That wasn't yeah. based on anything? That wasn't a George Orwell, like, you know, anything like that? No, <laughs> that don't. was, oh, sorry. It. Man. Original was IP. A, that was the last original IP. It was, it was, they it stole it off of Mad Max. So they just, yeah. <laughs> just repackaged Mad Max. So that's all they did. No, I'm but glad, I, my, I, 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 the take, I the take. Because like, I, I, I feel the same way with this. The Packers offense is frustrating, but like you can see it's efficient at least. And then the defense like doesn't create a lot of plays and they can't stop the run that well. But they, when you look at their pass defense, they're great against the pass. They, they force a ton of three and outs. They, they are top five. And as far as like explosive plays and how many deep balls are, are thrown against them. So they kind of make it tough on offenses, even though you can run the ball on them a little bit, but it's like in a, offensively, they're just figuring it out. They don't have a ton of receivers. A lot of teams run two man against them right now because they have nobody that can really win against man. And Aaron Rodgers is just like not scrambling, which is a way you can beat two man. So, I, but I feel like they're finding their way. But it's not that those heights 
that we see it at. They're more just like, okay, our ceiling, you say, mm-hmm. oh, Aaron Glenn, when our goal is to be the 16th best defense. I feel like for them, it's like our goal is to be the 12th best offense <laughs> or the 10th best offense. But I think that's okay for how this Packers team is constructed. And the NFC. And in the NFC. Wide open NFC. Yeah. Alabaster, I don't know about you, but my main takeaway is that Waterworld actually was not a financial disaster. Yeah, who knew? That's the take I'm taking home with me. I, I'm um, glad I got to bring up Kevin Costner, apparently, out of nowhere. Yellowstone, so, you in? I do want to bring up uh, someone, a quarterback web, who might webbing. be a bigger disaster than Waterworld, and that's Zach Wilson. They're playing the Buffalo Bills this weekend, and that could be very bad. And my question to you all is, how close should the Jets be to, to giving up on Zach Wilson? So I guess I want to ask a question first off, which is, if you were Zach Wilson... Are the Bills the team that you have the most nightmares about playing against? Can we calibrate? Can we spin this into not as bad as it sounds? Nate? I mean, it's been pretty rough, man. <laughs> it's been, it's been but are the, are the Bills like are the Bills the worst team you could face under those scenarios right now? Yeah. Because the no, Bills okay. make it watch what they did against Kenny Pickett. What watch what they I call it the bow constrictor defense, and and the Bills are uh they, they make it really hard on every quarterback, much less a quarterback. They're not blitzing. Blitzing sometimes can make it really easy on a quarterback where you're like, oh, I replaced the blitz and throw there. A team that doesn't blitz and plays really good zone coverage, it's like, all right, where do I go? And now you're playing a quarterback that sometimes when he doesn't know where to go, things get very dicey. So this is not the this is not a great defense to go against for a quarterback that's struggling with some of those things. So, yeah, this is pretty rough. Dominique is not here. Normally when I started – when I start reading off the stat, he would start yelling, stat me down. Stat me down, dance. dance. Yeah, I'll do it. We can superimpose that. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, yeah edit that. Stock yep. footage somewhere. Um, <laughs> Warren Sharp had this earlier today, and I can't stop thinking about it. Zach Wilson has 41 dropbacks this season of three and a half seconds or more, meaning basically when he's standing behind the line of scrimmage and he starts to move. He has completed, of those 41 dropbacks, four passes. Four of 41. <laughs> which seems impossible and is in fact the worst number since that started to be tracked in 2000, which by the way, was one year after Dan Snyder bought the team. So in the Snyder era, we'll call it, um, <laughs> Zach Wilson is the worst at that. And what's amazing to me, Nate, and you probably see it all the time. It's so funny to me to see he evades pressure in the pocket. He yeah. rolls out and the announcers are like, he's so good at getting out. And then just nothing happens after that. Yeah, Nothing happens. And my colleague, Stephen Ruiz said this offline. If he said it on a, on a, uh, a podcast this week, I, I missed it. But he said something to me and, and Mina the other day that was so funny that I can't stop thinking about it. And it's that Zach Wilson took one of those build a quarterback with $15 memes yeah. and spent all $15 on getting out of the pocket. That's it. <laughs> That's all he can do. He moves to his right and yeah. then he throws the ball out of the bounds or he doesn't even do that and he just throws an interception. I've That's... never seen anything like this, Nate. Um, Daniel Jeremiah had the point, I think, of all points with Zach Wilson, which he spends 80% of his time trying to create and 20% actually being a distributor and doing something. I mean, it's a little bit, it's like he's trying, it's like a trick shot quarterback. It's yes. like he's trying to impress us instead of taking the layups. That's exactly two, two, what he is. Two, two quick thoughts. Number one, the last trick shot quarterback, Johnny McEntee, former UConn quarterback, UConn, literally, yes. literally joined Trump's staff. Speaking of like the ways in which the midterms are relevant. Second of all, how much of this is Zach Wilson's fault? Because I do want to be fair in terms of like chicken and enormous egg here. Like how much of this is stuff he has to do because he 
doesn't have what he needs. Well, I thought I thought actually he had a great situation around him until Ver, Elijah Vera Tucker got hurt and Brees Hall got hurt as well. But I actually like what the Jets do on offense. It's a very sound scheme. They have a great run game as far as what they do. They do a lot of play action to try and help them out. It's just that when they drop back, it's every every rep is a, a roller coaster. It's like you don't know what you're going to get. It's a it's a box of chocolates. Like it's but the, like his highlights. I love that the, using that term trick shot quarterback. That's why guys fell in love with him. Guys, mm -hmm. analysts fell in love with him coming out of BYU was that, oh my God, you need that creation ability. You yeah. Look at yes. Mahomes. Look that at, one look at throw you. he did, like moving to his left off and the wrong foot, like that bomb. Go. He tries to do that every time though. And, but that's the misconception that we have with these elite quarterbacks. And I, you do have to grade to those guys, to those flash plays, because you do need it to be an elite guy, but you still have to do the normal stuff. You still have to sit in the pocket, diagnose a defense and deliver a throw on time. And you can see when Wilson, the uh, uh, Michael Ford, the offense coordinator for the Jets, is a Shanahan guy. They script out their first 12, 15 plays. Wilson on those plays looks decent like because he's confident with where to go to the ball. His footwork looks good. Like he He's very calm because he knows exactly where he's going to go with the ball because they practice those plays. Then when it gets outside that opening script, things just come unraveled. Like, But when you watch him, he had a touchdown to Tyler Conklin against the Patriots. Hey, he hits the back of his drop, ball comes out, it's perfect, right on the money, right in the rhythm. But that's three times a game, four times a game he does that. Every other time, it looks like he's guessing. He's His head's going side to side. That's why he does all that stuff outside the pocket. It's because he's like, I don't know what's going on inside the pocket. Let's let's check it out over here and see if the view changes a little bit. So I, you can tell his circle button works really well because he yep. spins and spins. He twirls Zach. towards <laughs> twirls towards freedom every play, pass play. But that's it's happy feet's a terrible habit to develop. You usually see it with a quarterback getting killed on every snap. The quarterback their offense line's been fine. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like he's creating a lot of his own pressures. It's just a lot of the underlying metrics look terrible. But then if you watch him with just your eyes, you're like, man, this guy's like digressing as he plays every single snap it looks worse than the last we we, we gotta rebrand happy feet kevin i feel like that term is totally yeah. like it sounds way too positive for what it actually describes it's just a george miller reference you know i'm referencing yeah. mad max already so i had to get all mm -hmm. of his all of his filmography out there hey nate it wow. looks like zach may not we nate and i did a podcast uh last week together oh yes i was, time I was hoping you mentioned this so and um <laughs> I will say one of our, our, our third, Derek Klassen, said that Zach Wilson yes. is, quote, not an NFL quarterback. Like, he shouldn't be Straight in the, up. He shouldn't be in the National Football League. My modest proposal is that knowing he can move, knowing he's athletic, knowing he's a trick shot quarterback as he joins Dude Perfect, or something <laughs> like that, like a YouTube – like, he could be like a YouTube guy and just do cool things and make the millions he will not be getting in the NFL. Like, yeah. I do think out of anybody – who could have a bunch of YouTube subscribers right now, it would be Zach Wilson. Also with the I, other stuff about his personal I like life, I mean, who knows where you could take it. I love, no, I was gonna say, I love this. Are you guys familiar with my favorite of all of these trick shot characters on Instagram? And this is from the world of basketball, but it's at Lethal Shooter. Are you okay. familiar with Lethal Shooter? I don't think so. Oh my God. We'll just throw maybe, if they keep this part in the show, a quick shot of him shooting a basketball into a rim that is covered in knives. Mm. Hmm. Like, yeah, Le I think I did see that clip. Lethal Shooter, Kevin Durant's high school teammate. He has made oh, a big really? Instagram following off of that. Um, but I digress. Um, I do have one follow-up question on Zach Wilson for you guys. And that is, I'm not comparing him to Josh Allen at all. 
getting that out of the blue. But a lot of people gave up on Josh Allen after two years and thought he was going to be a bust. My yes. question is, if there this are is uber, the positive uber talented quarterbacks, is there a case to be made to not give up on him? You know, people give up gave up on Nathan Peterman after two years too. Yeah, like that just happens. A lot of, most quarterbacks end up more in the Peterman. Or you give him another You give you know you give Sam Darnold another try. You know, like right. that's 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 another one as well. I, Josh Rosen gonna be chasing. He's just Josh he's Rosen available for three different teams. They, they no, but that, it's that's the thing. People are gonna be chasing Josh Allen for the rest of their lives. You know what the other thing Josh Allen had going for him? He's six five, two hundred forty pounds, right. and runs a four six. Like that's that's another thing that left let him lift up his ship <laughs> to like coast to success is because he was able to get out and create all these plays even if he was just scatterbrained he's professor chaos so now mm -hmm. but wilson tries to do that but he's 205 pounds throwing See, it around and all that so there's the physical why, limitations this is why zach wilson's influencer account needs to also involve mm -hmm. him like bulking up and right. then he comes back to the league yeah weighing 270 and he's like check it out it's yeah. me josh allen too yeah, swole, swole Zach, but swole spelt with a Z. Uh, yeah, there swole. you go. <laughs> swole. Swole Zach. <laughs> All right, we have one more. We have one more thing on this godforsaken menu, Alabaster. What is it? Okay, last question. The Rams and Bucks have been two of the most disappointing teams in the NFL this season, and they play this weekend. Do you mm. see either of these teams salvaging their year? Whew. Gosh. I like the Nate and I <laughs> both don't want to talk. I'm like, I'm, I'm exhaling to give yeah. you guys the room and all you guys are doing okay. is exhaling back in my face. I yeah, will... no. So I'll... Go oh, ahead. Sorry. Okay. I'll exhale a take. Uh, okay, I think takes. if I were to bet on one, I would bet on the box mostly because I just think the talent. Oh, wow. Yeah. Love it. Love that reaction, Kevin. So the is because I watched Tom Brady. His arm's not washed. We are not looking at a 2015 Peyton Manning or a 2020 Breeze who can't get the ball past 15 yards. I do think he still has some juice in his arm. But there are some underlying metrics that have maybe a little worrisome about what's going on with this Bucks offense. I feel like the opposing defenses have really caught on to this Arians left which type of offense. Everything is very tight now. The interior O-line woes, the Jensen stuff, Ryan Jensen being out, is really it's kind of come to a head a little bit as defenses picked up on that. Brady, Brady's time to throw has dropped uh, two-tenths of a second. He's now has one of the five fastest time to throws or seven fastest since 2012. So he's, he's like getting to Big Ben, late career Big Ben numbers, which is not a good thing. His sack percentage has gone up. Um, his average depth of target. <laughs> late his, career Brando. Like, yeah. yeah, it was good for <laughs> yes. a while, and then it got real messy and yeah. gross. Uh, the island of Dr. Uh, What's-His-Face. Yeah. yeah, we're getting to Bro. that level. Yes. Bro, the island yes. of Dr. Ralph Lisberger. Yes. yes, that's exactly what we're getting to. But his average depth of target, he was nine yards in 2020, which was first in the league. He's at just over seven yards right now, which is 23rd in the league. This offense is a very difficult offense to run because you have to push the ball. And it's not to generate yards after the catch because average depth of target isn't everything, but you do have to create after the catch. If you're doing that, Mahomes and Brady have the same average depth of target. Mahomes is fifth in yards after catch on completions. Brady is 24th. So you have a very just tight, stagnated offense with a pissed off quarterback who's wondering, why did I do this for another year? But having said all that, I actually feel better about it than when I watched the Rams offense and defense that is just getting older the offensive offensive line woes are just hindering the entire team they literally can't run the ball they have the 
the one of the worst rush rush success rates uh, since 2012. Just absolutely terrible running the ball. But I think the Bucks have more answers because they just have more general talent. And I don't think Brady is washed enough. So it's a long-winded way to say a backhanded compliments toward the Bucks that they have talent. So I think they will win out in the end as opposed to the Rams. That was a deeply depressing compliment. But Kevin- I know. Also, late stage Roethlisberger when he's like six years older than Roethlisberger ever was is very funny about Ben Roethlisberger. It's they, actually it's a backhanded they, compliment, but also an incredible they, dig at Ben. Roethlisberger. They took care of their bodies a little bit differently in the offseason. When I was at Pitt as a as a GA and watching Big Ben like during the offseason training, walking when they're supposed to be running sprints, and he just walked them. I was like, I don't think you're going to age gracefully, my friend, <laughs> compared to the guy. I that, weirdly, like, that literally I respect that five million dollars into his body every season. So. As of yesterday, last week, uh, in Sunday morning, both of these teams were in the playoffs. That's how ridiculous the NFC is right, right now. It's bad. Um, the Falcons are now first in the NFC South, and I think the Rams have fallen out of the seventh seed. Um, the NFC playoffs are going to be a mess, frankly. That seventh seed, you know, the last couple of years I've joked, I've called it, it could have been an email game because just nothing has happened. Like, we could see an actual a team like the Packers, a team like the Rams in there, and then if you're the two seed playing the Giants, playing the Cowboys – um that could be spicy um or a division winner which i don't even know who that would be the vikings i guess would, would be the right first now. round yeah um yeah yeah the eagles would be would be the first seed um but i think that there's there's a couple of layers to this number one is that i trust sean McVay to figure it out more than i trust the infrastructure of the bucks but they've got a fatal flaw which is their offensive line is a disaster right now and matthew yeah. stafford was pressured in the second half 42 percent uh of his dropbacks which is just completely that's a lot of fun that, that's you don't need an analytics guy to figure out that that's real bad no um the transition from andrew whitworth has been a complete disaster um they just don't have the horses right now mm-hmm. it's been a huge problem matthew stafford's elbow problem is is very very serious but i think We've there have been a couple of times in Sean McVay's career, Nate, where we've said, "Oh my gosh, he doesn't have a second right. note. He can't make adjustments." We a couple of years ago, we kind of after the year after the Super Bowl, we kind of we kind of left his schemes for dead for a couple of weeks there, um, and he figured it out. He makes adjustments as well as anybody over the season um, in football. There's a reason he's one of the best coaches in football. So I trust that group and that talent. They do not have massive injury problems. There are enough blue chip guys there. I just think that they're going to eke out some wins, whereas Tampa Bay, it just seems like they're lost at sea, Nate. No, I, 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 and that's the thing. That's it's. Oh my God, it's picking between the, picking between a bad bunch here. But that yeah. when I watch this Rams offense, that even in last year when they weren't great running the ball, they still had that to like lift up the ship. Like like Stafford had the lowest average yards to go on third down in the entire league. It's because they're just getting those easy yards, and now this whole offense is built off screens and get the third down and Cooper Cup get open. Like that's like the, that's what the offense feels like, and like you're saying, you're bringing up the offensive line, and that's why I just can't find the answers for this. It's not like Van Jefferson, uh, it, you know, Robert Woods is not coming through that door. Like it's like they have Van Jefferson right now. They don't have that second weapon. It's Cooper Cup and a little bit of Tyler Higby, and other than that, you know, Ben Skoranek, who I call affectionately Scarsguard because I couldn't remember yeah. his name. They're moving him around. That guy shouldn't be playing 30, 40 snaps for an NFL team. He should be a complimentary special team type guy. And the fact that they have to rely on that. Allen Robinson was supposed to be a big, you know, oh, he'll help us beat man coverage. And other outside when they double team Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson doesn't look great. Like he's not getting open. He's not creating separation. He's not just doing who can, the Who can I get my money back for on the Allen Robinson hype? There were so I know. many people the, in literal- August. 
who were like, oh, he's, he's, I he's want him. my money back. He's on, from I'm on you. him alert for Apple. I want, yeah, I know. I, Kevin, I bought we did, it in. Nate, oh. Nate, the first episode we did right before the Thursday night opener, Rams Bills, the yeah. first name, the first proper name that was said on that show, we're going to play this here in the edit, I hope, is Kevin Clark saying Allen Robinson. That is how that conversation we're not gonna started. We're going to play that in the edit. We're no, we're not going to play in the edit. Odell's not back. Von Miller's not back. Allen Robinson is better than Odell at this point in his career. No, we're gonna. You know what? You know what we're gonna take from that episode is when Dominique Foxworth said that they don't. The Bills don't run Josh <laughs> Allen early in the season, and then you stole that take for around the horn. And then he that like was went, he, he became Michael Vick that night. Unbelievably <laughs> terrible. That's that oh, was, that's really funny. That was like we actually have to burn was, the tapes of that. That episode. take was laced with fentanyl. And I <laughs> ate it like bad Halloween candy. That that apparently. was my that was Dominic my... has to leave the NFLPA Alumni Association. Now. <laughs> he has to turn in his his playing card after that tape. I accuse him of representing the owners last meeting to, or last time I was on this show too. No, but that 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 was my like barometer too. Was like for who's paying attention was how people reacted to the Bobby Wagner signing because I love Bobby Wagner, great player. Last year was a negative player, and how people reacted to that was like. You didn't watch the Seahawks last year. Like, not that a lot of people were, don't get me wrong, but it's like, well, those where it's like, okay, how are you paying attention? But that's what the Rams, they only have so many resources. And when you spend it on Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner, this is what it looks like when you don't, and you don't, yes, F them picks worked last year, but this is the repercussions of F them picks. It's really funny, yeah. Nate, because I heard a take the other day from Chris Sims that I can't stop thinking about where he said that he likes to anoint people early. Because by the time we all agree somebody's the best in the league, they're no longer the best in the league. That's just how football works. Yep. We're like, when there's a critical mass of praise for a player yep. like Bobby Wagner, when Bobby Wagner finally gets his due, the way careers work, it means he's on the downside. That's yes. just how yes. time no, it, football it's, works. It's the SI coverage jinx, but for the yeah, human yes. condition. Yes. 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 Right. And like guys are actually peaking like randomly in like week nine, two years before they get on the ESPN magazine right. digital cover, right? And right. and I think that the, the Rams roster building strategy at this point is getting a bunch of guys who are considered the best in the league who actually peaked two years ago. The like Rams that. strategy is now, it's still F them picks, but there's a comma after the F. It's just F. <laughs> Them, them picks. They tried them to give picks. up two firsts for Brian Burns last oh, week. And they're in the CMC sweepstakes, just everything. No, that that's really funny. I actually said something similar about Jeffrey Simmons for the Titans this week. And I was like, mm. well, right now we're talking about him. So other people will pick up in a couple of weeks. And then a year from now, people will recognize Jeffrey Simmons. Like that's right. that's how it goes, especially these other positions. It just it builds up outside quarterbacks. It's like everybody else takes about two years. There's a little there's a little lag. And apparently with <laughs> the Rams pro scouting scouting staff as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. George Kittle had like 18 months. And then I, now I see Niners writers dealing with pe fans who want to cut him. It's like, wasn't he just the best player in football, quote yeah, unquote? This like, is very confusing to me ago? as a normie who like gets a lot of his news from like the little pop-up windows when I click on my fantasy team. Like, yeah. I'm like, what's this oh. little flag say? Oh, George Kittle sucks now? <laughs> I could have used this information three months ago. Before the drafts happen. No, that's exactly it. It's there's a delay. There's a delay for all of us. Or or we just stick with our takes and we're just like, yeah, this guy's still don't he'll figure it out. Just look at the flashes. That's the other one yeah. too. So luckily, pa luckily the Chargers. On, yeah, all exactly. over that one now. Pablo's philosophy of not knowing any players is the correct one. You never you never have to go all in and you just go, yeah. Oh, George Kittle, yeah, over him. Just perma <laughs> permanently pivoting. Permanently pivoting. That's that's the way to do it. Yep, I see all of God's children as equal. I don't know why you guys are bigots.
<laughs> Way to tie in your first subject on the show, or is that going to be after us? <laughs> thankfully, thankfully not on this show. <laughs> oh man, Alabaster! I feel like I just overdosed on football. My skin's tingling. I feel smarter and yet dumber, like probably way dumber, but also, um, yeah. Oh, follow us on at debatable, right? You guys have things to promote. You want to just yell it I out? Prom- I want to promote the fact that I've been in a Larry David situation for the past 45 minutes, which is I was watching Curb all day. It is playing currently on mute. I've been trying to pause it, but the remote is just out of reach. And I could trying to figure out the entire time if I could dive down and put it on pause. And I couldn't. And so now I'm, I just have to just leave where I wasn't Curb. What, what yeah, a totally what unnecessary level of professionalism. I, I appreciate it. it, though. That's endearing. I love that you cared about this show enough to treat it like a real show.